Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. This is our Q&A series where I answer your questions regarding the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker. Let's get started. When taking a loan, would it be ideal to have the cash flow to cover the premium plus the loan repayment, comma, rather than taking surrenders or dividend credits? If that is the case, wouldn't you have to set premiums below your current cash flow projections? Having trouble thinking this one through, especially as we try to think through the premium level we want to set. Will, that's a great question. You ask good questions, and thank you for listening and asking them. And of course, look, there's a difference. A premium is a premium is a premium. If you write a check to a life insurance company, it's typically either a premium or a loan repayment, two separate cash flows, okay? So the short answer is yes, they should be two separate cash flows, and that should be your thinking. Should you set the premium below to allow room for loan repayments. Maybe, can you do that? Yes, however, all right? You're putting money somewhere. Typically, we're all saving money somewhere. And if you're not, you should, all right? If you don't have the discipline to accumulate capital, the infinite banking concept is not gonna work for you, neither is any other method of becoming wealthy or building wealth. You're probably driving a car, your spouse is probably driving a car, um, you probably make purchases on credit cards or terms. My point here is that you're building capital somewhere. If you're not, you should be, but you're also buying things. You already have two separate cash flows, right? And if you don't, you should get to it because if you don't have two separate cash flows currently, then you're probably not saving money. My encouragement is to be bold. The future is unknown, right? If you're young and in your uh, peak earning years, then you should expect to have increased cash flows, greater income. Um, and then if the policy is built correctly, you should have some flexibility to move up and down in premium within limits to compensate for, you know, unexpected situations. If I'm paying a premium, substantial premium, and I'm financing things I was going to finance anyway, I'm not looking to go buy things that I wasn't going to buy anyway, just because I have easy access to capital. Look, the infinite banking concept is a continuing expansion of our thinking. And this is just in one area, premium and loan repayments. Be bold. Be bold. Okay? Be bold. What's the maximum amount I can put into a policy every year? If I reach that limit, would I have to open up a new account? <clears throat> okay. And the new account is a new life insurance policy. These are not accounts. They're life insurance policies. Um, and the short answer is yes. Look, if um, you're, you're paying your premium up to the MEC limit, you don't want to go over the MEC limit if you can avoid it. And at the end of the day, a MEC is not the end of the world. But if you can avoid it, you should avoid it. And so if I'm continually, maybe a year or two, I'm, I'm paying a, a full policy premium up to the MEC limit and I have additional capital that I should be putting somewhere, then by all means, that's a natural expansion of your system. 
So we don't have to force it. It occurs naturally as your thinking changes and grows and develops. When you see things you didn't see previously, you'll see where you can find premium dollars that you didn't see before. And expansion is okay. So the short answer is yes, buy another life insurance policy. If you have the capital and the means to do so, and there's a legitimate purpose, you know, we cannot negate the death benefit and this idea that, you know, I want to buy the least amount of death benefit, period, and just focus on the capital accumulation, the cash value. I'm not saying that's bad thinking or flawed thinking, but we can't negate or not address our need for a death benefit. Now, I'm in complete agreement with my mentor, Nelson Nash, that when you focus on the infinite banking concept, when you focus on your need for finance, if you solve that need, your need for finance, you'll it'll require so much death benefit that you can't get it past the underwriter. You know, Nelson Nash became a life insurance agent in 1964. He uh, published the book in 2000, Becoming Your Own Banker. It was in 1980, whenever he... Uh, discovered what was going on, the banking characteristics of a life insurance policy. Okay. So, you know, his experience should shave about 10 or 15 years off of your learning curve. My point being is it doesn't all have to take place tomorrow. Becoming your own banker. It is a process. Banking is a process. So we don't have to artificially uh, build policies and make decisions to get this artificial head start. Just correcting our course is monumental in the result. This is another beautiful question. Jennifer asked, would it be logical to say with all things taken into account, i.e. taxation, fees, volatility, etc., that if properly implemented, the infinite banking concept will get us to the same place as the stock market? but without the risk of the stock market. For as you say, passive income time, i.e. retirement, I am asking in context of all possible outcomes, best, worst, or somewhere in the middle. Thank you. The future is unknown. Right, when we build a life insurance policy, we create the illustration. The illustration is wrong as soon as you hit print. Now, the illustration assumes that nothing changes in the future. Interest rates stay the same. Mortality cost to the life insurance company stays the same. The portfolio return of the life insurance company stays the same. The profitability of the life insurance company stays the same. And all of that changes. Every bit of it is going to change in the future. So the illustration is wrong. Whenever we push print, that's not to say that it's completely negative, right? There is a guaranteed side of the ledger. If you pay this premium, whatever it is, the life insurance company at the end of the year guarantees a certain death benefit and a certain cash value that does not include the non-guaranteed side of the ledger, the right side, the dividends. So because the dividends are not um, guaranteed. Well, your premium payment, whether you pay a premium as illustrated or not, is unknown too. Right, your circumstances can change in the future and will, and I hope they change for the better. But the short answer to your good question is, do you want to rely on the stock market, something that you can't control, neither can I? 
that's manipulated, in my humble opinion, every market on the face of this earth is manipulated. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't put money there. You should put money there. You should work with a qualified financial professional to help you determine where you're building capital. That's my opinion. Okay. Now, if I'm going to accumulate money, capital, and I'm going to enjoy the things that I want to enjoy throughout my life, and I want to en- my family to enjoy the things that they need and want, i.e. cars, travel, education, um, where investments, if I choose to make investments, do I want to be dependent upon the third-party lender? Do I want to go to the bank, the mortgage lender, um, the credit card companies, and be beholding to them, ask for money, roll up my sleeve, and show them my credit score, then they're going to dictate to me the interest rate that I must pay and the terms that I must adhere to. I've had enough of that in my life personally, and the short answer for me is no thank you. So I'm going to finance. I'm going to make purchases throughout my life, and you are as well. And you're either going to pay cash for those purchases and therefore give up interest you could have otherwise earned, or you're going to formally finance them and pay interest to someone else, period. My point is this, I'm going to make purchases throughout my life. I want to become my own banker. I want to control those cash flows, the loan repayments, the terms, the price of the purchase. I want to control all that. If I build capital in a life insurance policy, it's a guaranteed contract, right? It's an Einbahnstrasse. One, I mean, it's a unilateral contract. They can't change anything about that contract, the life insurance company. Private contract between private individuals and entities. I build capital there, and I'm going to collateralize that capital on demand by contractual right. Send me a check, life insurance company. The money never came out of the life insurance policy. The cash value is still there. But I have the life insurance company's money in hand, collateralizing that life insurance policy cash value that does not affect that policy's accumulation. That if I continue to pay a premium, the cash value is going to continue to accumulate. The dividend is going to be continued to be paid if it's a non-direct recognition company. And that's a whole nother episode. And the death benefit is going to increase partially on a guaranteed basis and partially on a non-guaranteed basis, the dividend. I have the capital. I'm going to go make a purchase on whatever I was going to purchase anyway. Now, if I focus on the banking function in my life, if I focus on controlling the banking function in my life over my lifetime, what is the end result of that compared to the stock market, compared to real estate, compared to anything else? I do not know. But it's not mutually exclusive. I can do this. I can practice becoming my own banker and I can borrow money from the life insurance company, collateralizing my cash value, and I can invest in anything that I want to. Whether it's a stock market in the U.S., around the world, real estate, hogs, cattle, horses, land, whatever it is, precious metals. Maybe I want to do some of all of that because I don't know what I want to do. So it's not an either or. But in my humble opinion, you know, in our uh, client only access, 
And then uh, presentations that I've done over the last 17, 18 years, six, 17 years, I demonstrate numerically a comparison between practicing becoming your own banker and what kind of a rate of return would it take to be the equivalent outcome. So in my humble opinion is me. I prefer to pay high premium with high cash value life insurance with a mutual life insurance company. And yes, I'm a life insurance agent and I get paid commissions, no question. But I do that. That's what I would do. That's what I prefer to do. And I show my clients and anyone who's interested how to do it correctly. So, Jennifer, that is a great question. And, man, I appreciate the opportunity to answer a question like that. And the result is always going to be better than you expected, about what you expected, or a little bit less than what you expected. Some of which you can control and some of which you cannot control. Okay? Hope that helps. Great Thanksgiving episode, James. Nicholas, thank you, young man, for listening, and I appreciate your comments. I really enjoyed that one. I don't plan on moving out of New York for the next couple of years or so, but when I do, how would my policies be affected, if at all? Thanks. Nicholas, your policies won't be affected by your move whatsoever. You know, how many hundreds of thousands of other people are moving out of New York, right? It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect your policy where you live or where you move. You can even move out of the country and your policy won't be affected. Now, if you do move out of the country, you have to move into a country that has uh, some kind of agreement with U.S. banking uh, laws and U.S. banking, the U.S. banking system. But your policy is not affected. If you graduate, the death benefit's paid. If you, or if you have uh, loan values available, you have the ability to uh, request that loan, and nothing in the contract changes. I think that assets put money in your pocket, and liabilities take money out of your pocket is a very generalized way to teach investing in layman's terms. In my humble opinion, whole life insurance in and of itself is no more of an asset than a basic savings account. However, when built for cash value and used as a tool for banking, now we have an asset. Well, I appreciate your opinion, Karen. Uh, I agree that that is a very simple, overly simplified, overly generalized uh, way to classify assets, right? One puts money in your pocket. The other liability takes money out of your pocket. I can purchase an asset that doesn't necessarily have a cash flow currently. Maybe it has a future cash flow and puts money into my pocket in the future. But it's very, those are cash flowing assets, right? If you're going to characterize an asset, that's just a characteristic of an asset. One produces a cash flow, you know, to you. The other requires cash flow from you. In my humble opinion, whole life insurance in and of itself is no more of an asset than a basic savings account. Now, here again, we get into the characteristics of a, of a savings account and uh, compared to a life insurance policy. And so this is uh, exactly what happens across the financial world and the big wide world. The characteristics of a life insurance policy are completely discounted or jumped smooth over or not considered. Okay. So that's an oversimplification of whole life insurance, in my humble opinion. And then when you say the, uh, however, when built for cash value and used as a tool for banking, now we have an asset. 
Well, the life insurance, just a typically structured life insurance is going to have a cash value. And it's going to have an increasing cash value. And it's going to have an increasing death benefit. If it's a participating policy, a company that pays dividends, you're participating in the financial experience of the life insurance company. And the dividend is paid into the PUA where it continually grows. It grows cash value. It grows death benefit. And it makes future dividends larger. Okay. And dividends are not guaranteed. We had an asset to begin with. Cash value life insurance is an asset. Whether you've structured it for cash and you're accelerating the cash value or not. But I, I appreciate your, your your statements and your comments and your opinions, and they're they're legitimate. They're yours. Um, but I think that they're they can be expanded upon. Okay. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for listening. If you have a question that you would like answered, email me at james at bankingwithlife.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.